Hi everyone, praise the Lord again. We are back. We are looking at the book of Philippians chapter 1 and now we are in verse 15. Okay, so if you've been keeping up, I pray that you are getting blessed and you can also share ideas, you know, more, more wisdom from the book of Philippians chapter 1. So let's, let's read, uh, let's go back a little bit. We check verse 13 all the way so that we're able to create context. And he says, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. Please understand that. Now, Paul is saying that I have been bold enough in my chains to preach the gospel to these people, <clears throat> to become a witness to these people. And many of them have actually become bold to speak without the word, uh, without fear, Sp speak the word without fear. But then he continues and says, some preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. Two things to notice that in this situation of Paul, we have two kinds of preachers. They are both preachers, but two kinds. One kind is driven by envy and strife, and the other kind is driven by goodwill. The kind that is driven by envy and strife is the kind that preaches, uh, tries to preach better than you are. Or, you know, they say, our pastor is better than yours. Others are driven by strife. There is a problem in the church, and so they want to preach about that strife. Others preach because they are envious. They envy. So they want to, uh, they see that the, another pastor or another believer has a car, uh, and then they want to preach against cars. So they want to preach. And Paul is saying that indeed some preach about this. Now, to give it context, it, it seems to me that even though Paul inspired people to preach uh, or to you know, to speak the word without fear, they began to speak it uh, and some were driven by envy and strife and others were driven by goodwill. This could have happened in the prison and out of prison, okay? And even in today's time, it is not different. We have churches everywhere in the world. In Kenya, for example, Nairobi, we have so many churches, but you go to some of these churches and you realize they are preaching out of envy and out of strife. And you go to others and you realize they are preaching out of goodwill. They really want to help people. The funny thing is that most of them are driven by envy and strife. Someone starts a church because there was a strife or breaks. They break a church because there was strife in the church. And so they go open up their own ministry or their own church. Others preach out of envy saying uh, they hate on education because some other pastor is more educated. But this also trickles down to the church, to the members of the body of Christ. And sometimes we are driven by envy and strife. And so you see someone in church who has a, a, good, uh, you know, a good shoe. Or you see someone, your neighbor at home who has a good shoe. And you are a believer of Jesus Christ. But then envy comes upon you. And you begin to tell them about the word of God. But it stems out of envy. Envy and strife has been used a lot and they have, uh, the word of God has been used to drive envy and strife. 
and pastors have sought to control and manipulate their members through the word of God because they were envious about their lifestyle. You find a pastor who goes to visit a, a member and they realize that this member is a rich member. And so the, because of their envious of this wealth, they take the word of God and they begin to control the member or to manipulate them using the Bible. So you've got to be very careful, friends, of the person you're listening to. Are they coming to you through envy and strife or are they coming out of goodwill? These are questions that we must ask ourselves. Whoever we invite into our space and into our lives, are we inviting envy and strife or are we inviting goodwill? But we also have to look at ourselves, deep, deep down within ourselves, and ask questions. Are we being driven by envy and strife in what we do or are we being driven by goodwill? When we want to visit a children's home, for example, are we being driven by envy and strife because one other person, uh, uh, another church or another ministry did the same thing? Or are we being driven by goodwill because this is what we stand for? Strife in church is real in today's time as it was real in that time of Paul. And strife has caused churches to be birthed and churches to be broken. Strife has you know, created more people, brought up more people into the ministry, as well as destroyed more people in the ministry. But Paul says that the former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. Now he begins to personalize this letter, and he says that these ones who preach out of envy and strife, they preach from selfish ambition and not sincerely. In our, in our time, they preach out of selfish ambition. They want to drive the best cars and live in the best houses while their members languish in poverty. They want you to give uh, your entire salary or your entire amount of money that you have and be left without anything so that you can fund their lifestyle. And that is just a problem and it's there in our generation. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. Paul is saying that some of these people, they have been inspired by my chains. And so there are two types of people who have been inspired by my chains. There are those who have been inspired and they are using my chains and as, as an example of Jesus Christ's redemption. They have been inspired to say, for example, if Paul is in chains, why should, he, should I not preach? And there are others who have been inspired to begin to attack Paul and his chains to add affliction to him. And so they are embarrassing him and they are saying, do not be like Paul. Do not be like this man who has chains. And so they are adding to the affliction of Paul. He's already in prison. And so they are using that and saying the church of today is not a good church because their leader is a prisoner. Their leader is a criminal. How can a man of God be in chains? How can a man of God be in, uh, you know, have struggles? So they are using this, uh, 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 you know, Paul's chains to add to their affliction, but they are inspired to preach. Paul's chains are inspiring in two directions, okay? And so your struggles in life will inspire people in two ways. There are people who will be inspired by the mountains you have overcome. There are people who will be inspired in a, neg in a positive way by your shame and your embarrassment. And they will say, if this guy rose back, I can rise back. 
And there are other people who will be inspired in a negative way by your shame and embarrassment. And they will say, God does not use those kind of people, therefore I will be different, but I will preach against the struggle of that man. And so they will begin to preach against you and they will scandalize you. And there are others who will be inspired by your shame and they will decide to say, I will express love to this person. Okay? And even in your own home, there are people who will be inspired by your shame and by your chains. And there are people who will be uninspired by your chains. There are people who will be positively inspired and there are others who will be negatively inspired. So whatever it is that you're going through, you will never have 100% people supporting you. You'll always have a few who are against you and a few who are for you. Then Paul says, but the latter, the ones who are preaching out of goodwill, out of love, uh, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. So he says, there are these other guys who are preaching out of goodwill. They are in fact preaching about my life in prison and how I have overcome. And so he says, I am, uh, they know that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. So Paul is in chains, not because of shame, not because of embarrassment, not because of a scandal, though being in chains is a scandal in itself, but he's in prison so that he can become a defense for the gospel. He was to go to Rome to defend his faith, to defend his gospel. But then one of the other things that he says is very critical. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And this, and in this I rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. And in this I rejoice. Yes, and we rejoice. Now, how can you rejoice when people are talking about you? How can you rejoice when people are gossiping about you? They are gossiping in the name of Jesus. They are gossiping against you, but they are putting in the word of God in there. They are baptizing their gossips. They are talking about you. How can you say, I rejoice when people are slandering you? How can you say, even though they slander me, if, if they slander me, and if they don't slander me, the, the gospel is being preached. Christ is being preached. Those who preach for money, they are preaching for Christ. Those who preach my name, they are preaching for Christ. Those who say, oh, uh, George did this and that, did that, Christ is being preached. And that is Paul. That is the attitude that Paul has. He chooses to look at it in a very different way. And the question I have for you today, when people talk about you, when people know your struggles, when people know the things that you're going through, and you hear them speak against you, and you hear them speak words that are not right against you, do you go on and say, Christ is being preached? Do you go and say like, Paul, I rejoice in this. I rejoice that Jesus is being preached though I am the one being slandered. Okay, Paul understood the bigger picture. And that is what we don't understand in today's world. We don't understand that we are insignificant. When it comes to the gospel of Jesus, when it comes to Jesus, you and I are insignificant. Jesus is significant. So whether they slander you, whether they gossip about you, remember, Jesus Christ is being preached. However my life turns out to be, however your life turns out to be, whatever it is they pick out of your life, you cannot control it. 
There are people who will pick out the bad stuff in your life and there are people who will pick out the good stuff in your life. These two will always exist. Sometimes you will hear about those who picked up bad stuff and you will hear them talk about it. And sometimes you will hear about those who picked out the good stuff and you will hear them talk about it. In both situations, as long as Christ is receiving mention, as long as Christ is being preached, I rejoice, choose to rejoice, and the Lord be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.